Hello, and welcome to another episode of Screen Bites, our thought leader series where we learn from industry experts about the latest trends and challenges from across the conversion TV space. I'm your host, Michael Beach. Well, welcome to another edition of, of Screen Bites. Uh, today, it's my pleasure to welcome Dave Morgan uh, from Simo Media. Uh, Dave is the founder and CEO of Simo Media. Uh, prior to starting that company in 2008, uh, Dave founded Real Media and Dakota, uh, two leaders in the digital space. So, uh, welcome, Dave. Thank you, Michael. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, and, and Dave's one of my favorite people in the convergent TV space. Uh, we were just joking around that, uh, you know, he's a true thought leader and, it, you know, we're always kind of following his writing. He's probably been a, a guest contributor, whether he knew it or not, uh, more times just about anybody else with the state of the screen. So we, we appreciate it. Uh, let's start off with an icebreaker, Dave. You want to kind of start us off and tell us what your first job was and kind of how it set up your career? Uh, yeah, so... Um... It's some combination of, uh, you know, like in high school lifeguarding and I was a title abstractor. So I spent, I spent a lot of time in vaults of a little county courthouse in my hometown. Um, looking back, you know, going, digging out old books to sort of track back title ownership, like 100 or 150 years through, you know, depressions and sheriff sales and, and then trying to replot those back and, um, and a fair amount of uh, where I'm from is the, the mountains of Western Pennsylvania. So it's coal country. So a lot of like old coal and oil and gas leases. And I guess that, that taught me about like, you know, you have speed precision, but like being able to take the big picture in and, and, uh, um, and being, having to work your way through a lot of stumbling blocks on the way. Absolutely. Um, well, as you, you kind of gotten started, I mean, all the way back to, you know, the early stages of digital and, and targeting and obviously, you know, 2008, you know, kind of trailblazer in the, the conversion TV space. You know, what do you think your, was your, your kind of starting place for uh, getting into the conversion TV space? You know, it actually started 30 years ago when I was uh, working in the newspaper industry and um, I was working in what we were calling new media. So this is back in 1991. And the vision then was that the information superhighway would plug into the back of the TV set and you'd order your pizza from the couch. And that was like literally what we were talking about. And I remember visiting the, um, for, it was the uh, Bell Atlantic home of the future in, in Virginia. And uh, which is really set up for the lobbyists to sort of experience a high def uh, TV screen and an air mouse and that vision. And, and so when I went into the pure online world with real media in Dakota, it always was because that was what was available. The, the vision of that, that convergent TV was just too early. And so after selling Dakota to, to Time Warner AOL, I spent a bunch of time around the Time Warner cable people, the Turner people, David Levy, who was running it then, running sales then. And it seemed to me that we were in 2008, we were at the time now when, it was time to bring a digital approach. The digital approach to TV would work. Um, I think it was still a little bit early, <laughs> but, um, but that's, that's what took me. That's what got me to here. That's great. And kind of before we jump any deeper, uh, do you mind giving our community kind of background on Simo Media and, and where they sit in the conversion TV space? Sure. <clears throat> so we've, at Simo Media, have a platform that um, automates the, um, basically planning, buying, targeting, and activation and measurement of, of national TV advertising. And so a client like 
Dollar Shave Club or Experian or uh, Electrolux was able to come in, take maybe a first party target or some more defined target than they typically would have used in TV. And then the data science and software determines, you know, where across a hundred different national, all the top national cable networks, what are exactly the most precise spots where their audience will, will appear at the right volume concentration and likely duplication to maximize their plan. Um, and then the system will literally put out thousands of insertion orders to each of those network companies, execute it, measure it running in real time and have the closed loop comes back around and uh, sort of test, test, learn, optimize their TV. That's great. And kind of one of the things, you know, common theme that we keep hearing and, and you know, a lot of our guests have talked about is, you know, siloed teams on the, on the buy side. Uh, is that something you're still coming across? I'm sure you've seen, you know, a lot of progress there since the start, but, you know, kind of where do we sit uh, with, with silos today? I'm taking a big breath. <laughs> um, you know, unfortunately, it's, it's not improved nearly to the level it should. I think that um, the, tel the TV buying team stayed way too siloed for too long. And, and it created two problems. It created enormous tension between digital buyers and TV buyers. Um, and, and, then we also have a, and then we also did not have a transference of knowledge. And so one of the real big challenges that's going on today, and I literally was just talking to um, the head of one of the, uh, the TV network groups about this, is we've had an aging out of most of the expertise in, in TV buying. We're really only one of the top five agency buying groups has a long-term veteran, a national TV buyer. And so, so, you know, not only have we not seen the silos come, you know, like sort of come together as, or converge as they need, but we've had a real loss of talent. Um, at the agency side um, around that, which, you know, obviously is creates opportunities. Um, our business tends to go much more direct to client, direct to marketer. We tend to work with the marketers that want to put their hands more on how they do their TV, not unlike how they do their, their, their digital. And so that's probably what's going to happen. I don't know that we will see all of the, I think we won't see the large agencies break the silos as well as they should, but I'm really excited for the small and medium sized agencies. Like, we were just referencing earlier, uh, Camelot agency down in Dallas, like that's probably as modern of an agency as I've ever seen. Yeah, it's great seeing that at a, you know, non-New York agency, that's, that, that's yeah. seven in the future. And you know, this might be connected, but I want to get your thoughts, you know, Procter & Gamble news on the last week where they're going to ne negotiate um, kind of directly with media sellers. First, you know, why do they do this? Um, and second, do you see this being a, a significant trend moving forward? Yes. I, I think the why they did it is Mark Pritchard and Procter and & Gamble have been looking for leverage against the ecosystem of the large buyers and the large networks that have wanted the, the upfronts conducted the same way they have for the last few decades, where, um, you know, they were done... Um, mid-year, not in the calendar, you know, not in the calendar, you're not consistent with corporate planning. Uh, the marketers have to buy upfront heavily and really expose all of their budgets. And there's a fair amount of essentially wholesale buying. So you don't exactly know what you're going to get. Um, and I think Pritchard realized this was the year he was going to have to push it harder and, you know, went into the market much more directly with a lot of, you know, that negotiation. I do think it's going to have an impact on the industry, I think you're going to see 
a lot of other marketers following that path. I mean, we've certainly gotten a lot of calls um, just because I think the marketers realize that if in fact they do take more of a lead position as, as Procter and Gamble is that, and move some of the classic buying to more of a supporting position that they're going to need technology platforms to manage that. So I think that it is, I think it was significant. I think probably the piece that we haven't seen yet that's going to follow it inevitably with that is also movement away from the sex age demographic buying and much more towards a digital approach of persons two and older. Absolutely. And kind of another topic, uh, it's timely. You know, a lot of people are saying that in the last, you know, six, six plus months that we've seen five to 10 years of digital transformation. Uh, one of the areas we track a lot on, you know, consumption, you know, shift to streaming or, or different things. You know, is this something you agree with? And, and then secondly, do you think that kind of as we come out of the pandemic here, that, that we're going to shift back to kind of the same trend line we we're on before, or are we kind of permanently on a different track? I think we are going to see some shifts that are going to be quite, quite permanent and are really accelerating shifts. So the chance of a rollback, I think, is much less. You know, on the streaming side, we're seeing the numbers now saying that depending on what you count in it, that TV for TV device viewing of entertainment, news, programming, that almost around 25% of it is now streamed. Um, Comscore put some numbers out to make it a little higher, but that included YouTube in short form, which I don't think we think of the same way, let's say, in the TV market, but about 25%. And that's up from... 10 or 15 a couple of years ago. So that's really significant. And I don't think that changes. What's interesting, and I think we really have to watch, is that the advertising load on streaming, the amount of the time that it, of all ad time on TV, it was only one or 2% before, and it's only gone to three or 4% now, because the vast, vast, vast majority of streamed content is not carrying ads. That's probably not going to change soon. It doesn't matter if there's ad-supported Peacock or more ad-supported Hulu or ad-supported HBO Max because most consumers, when confronted with a choice, are choosing to go ad-free, certainly when we're at a time when most of the streaming packages are discount priced. So, but there's no question this is a big change and a big shift. And, you know, probably the only thing that's going to slow it down is the fact that we're still at a place where about 35% of U.S. households do not have fixed broadband at home. And we got to solve that because that's also disproportionate with lower income and, um, and black and Hispanic households. Yeah, absolutely. Now that's a, an area that uh, uh, you've written about quite a bit. And I think people overlook is just that, you know, that's your ceiling, right? For who yeah. can stream videos. There's 100 and, 110 million people that cannot get your message if you stream it. And for many companies, they are the consumers of the future that everybody needs to develop relationships with today. Right. And another area I'm interested to hear your take on something you've written about is the video game space. Mm -hmm. um, kind of overall, you know, what type of advertising opportunity do you see there? And, and you know, what, uh, what are we looking at for the next, you know, five plus years there? So there's no question that we are now seeing a convergence between what's happening in video games and what happens in movies and TV and entertainment programming. And we're seeing a divergence of, audio, of younger audiences away from the straight linear TV programming. And so we've been watching it for a while. Um, you've seen a fair amount of growth in the ad business in the mobile gaming world, 
but that tends to be highly programmatic. It tends to be pretty low end. It's, I mean, quite frankly, it's pretty crappy ads for, you know, downloads and trying to sell other games. There has been a, there has been a desire among the large game publishers to find ways to introduce much more of a TV like ad experience into the console world with the recognition now that you're looking at gamers on average playing about an hour and a half of console AAA games a night or a day, you know? Um, so for that group of audience that they're doing more of that than they're watching TV. And in many times they're not watching any TV. Um, there's been a real growth of a new um, economic driver in the gaming world, what's called live services or the currencies used to buy capabilities, um, cosmetics, jerseys being respawned, things like that. But, only about 10% of gamers actually spend money on that. 90% don't. And so with the growth of free-to-play games, you have games with fives and tens of millions of users on a daily basis where um, most of them are not being monetized and most of them are willing to accept a permission to add to say, hey, will you watch an ad to get five of these coins or tokens or, or bucks or whatever you want to call them to be able to use for those same capabilities. And we think that's going to be a really big opportunity. Um, we have entered into an agreement with one of the largest um, game publishers in the world to help them build that out. We're talking to most of the other major publishers. Um, we're running tests um, right now, which have been going very successfully with a lot of top advertisers. And, you know, we think that, you know, when you say five years, I think, in five years, you will see by far more convergent TV inventory available for people under 35 on game consoles than you will see through either the cable set-top box networks or through networks on streamed connected TV. It is really big. That's incredible. And, you know, you know, Matthew Ball writes a lot about the... Yeah. <laughs> Uh, kind of from the Fortnite. His stuff end. is amazing. I love Matthew Ball's stuff. Oh, incredible! Get a set aside an hour and you know, kind of read one of his essays. Um, but then I start to see, you know, the Disney Plus co-viewing. I think maybe it was uh, one of the other MVPDs came out with it recently. There's kind of something there, right? Like you, you have these concerts going on in in Fortnite, yeah. and you know, trailers getting released, and you've got co-viewing through streaming. That that I kind of see that converging at least for the kind of younger demographic. No question. And I think it'll, I think it'll expand up. I mean, I, it's, it's because of Matthew Ball's writing, I went and read Snow Crash. I'd heard of it, but I had never read the book. And that the, the science fiction novel that gave us the metaverse, and it's amazing if there's so many things we have today that were anticipated in that book. But it's, that's playing out. And I think we have both what I'm describing might be ad supporting games in ways that we find sort of normal older paradigms to newer paradigms that we're seeing where people are in the game, but not necessarily playing the game. They're hanging out in the lobby and watching a movie, hanging out with friends, maybe consuming other kinds of programming. It's, it's really exciting. And I think that the agencies, the experts that, that figure out how to help brands and marketers deal with that, it's going to be really exciting. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, a couple of marketplace questions here. You know, first, you know, kind of what's the biggest change that you've seen in the video ad marketplace and kind of how's Simon Media adapted to that? Um, the biggest change. I think the biggest change has been um, 
we've had a lot of consolidation and selling of companies and um, changing of sales forces. There's just been this extraordinary amount of disruption in people. And the way we've adapted to it is we've really accelerated our automation. We realize that the one way to deal with changing of teams and staffs and relationships and ownerships was to build out the pipes so that we could plug more directly in. And so, you know, what we've done over the last two years was we went from a supply chain where we were probably 85% automated to a supply chain where we're 99% automated such that we can move 10 to 15,000 different insertion orders, spot, spot level insertion orders to 115 networks on a daily basis with just over four people in operations. That's great. And kind of looking ahead, uh, what future development are you most excited about in the conversion TV space? I'm most, I'm most excited about gaming. I'm most excited about how gaming comes together with everything else. I think it may become one of the real glues for this business. Um, so, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to say that one a second time. Love it. All right. Last question here in, in the kind of current environment, if you could get your entire team to read one book, what would that book be and why? I would, I would have everybody read Snow Crash. I think that it is, um, it's one of those novels that was, you know, ahead of its time. That's what a great, certainly a great science fiction novel should be. I think it would, I think it will open a lot of people's eyes to a world that seemed unattainable probably in 1993 when it came out. But today in, in 2020, is pretty extraordinary and, and, and has probably half of the story that we see today. I also think it's, a, it's just a fun kind of read that sort of twists your mind a little bit. And it's not, you know, it's probably a good time with everything going on out there to escape into a science fiction novel. Absolutely, it's a great pick. And Dave, it's been an honor to have you on the show and, and we appreciate your time. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you, Michael. I'm really honored to be, uh, to be part of it. All right, thank you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Screen Bites. I hope you enjoyed the discussion as much as I did. You can find out more about CrossGreen Media at crossgreenmedia.com. And please don't forget to sign up for our weekly newsletter, Stay to the Screens. You can find us on social media at CrossGreen Media. Join us next time for more insights and analysis straight from the experts.